What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Dan Cable Presents Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Got volume six of I Dig Records, co-hosted by my cuzzo, Rob Bobby Grooves Granfeld. Coming at you, diving in to the 1995 release from Guided by Voices, Alien Lanes, and the debut record from J.J. Kale called Naturally, which came out in 1972. So I'm stoked to uh, jump in to the conversation that Rob and I had around these two records. We will get into that momentarily. Just want to remind you that you can find fresh episodes of this thing coming at you every Friday. It's usually a conversation-based podcast with a musician or other creative mind. So you can find those coming at you every Friday in the feed. And I would definitely encourage you to go back and check out the last month or so. I really feel like some some good conversations have been happening and it's been really great to have the opportunity to actually get together with some of these people in person doing some of these socially distanced hangs doing the the park podcasts and things like that it's it's just always better if you know you can be in the the same space as somebody when you're having one of these recorded chats it's just easier when you can read off of somebody and whatnot but yeah go back check out some of uh the last month's chat man the one with duke the genius that that came out a couple weeks ago that's episode 221 i believe uh such a great chat with duke been having a lot of rap and hip-hop on recently the marcus mccauley episode the the some aliens episode i thought last week's chat with Derek g from the Portland Free Thinkers Club podcast was such a a next level chat and something that really wasn't music based at all and and just having a really cool discussion about about free thought and the importance of that so lots lots to dig into and my co-host Rob Bobby Grooves Grandfell plays in this killer band called High Pulp that's been mentioned on this podcast many times before and if you just go back to episode 217 you can hear a discussion with that band but uh they've got a re-release of their first record is coming out on double vinyl and it comes out october 9th i believe and it looks super dope that the color scheme on the on the vinyl looks amazing and i would encourage you to to pre-order one of those check out that episode that i did with them as well as uh, Dan from King Underground. That was a, a recent ep- episode as well. And uh, that is the label that is responsible for putting out this Bad Juice edition, this double LP. It's going to be so fat. So check it out. I'll put all the links in the episode notes. And I appreciate the fuck out of people continuing to tune into this thing. If you're new to what's happening with these I Dig Records volumes, 
we're just uh, we're just chatting about records and playing them in the background and and featuring some tunes off of them. So if you dig this one, go back and check out the uh, the previous episodes. This has been one of the things I've been most hyped about as far as doing new things with this podcast, and I've been having a really good time doing the editing and inserting all the tracks. And I just love talking music with my cuz. Love talking anything with this guy usually, so we're gonna get into it because he'll get he'll get upset if I if I get into the one of these real lengthy intros. He's not about it, so we're gonna do the damn thing. I'll put all the links in the episode notes so you can follow along with myself. You can follow along with my cuz. You can uh, follow along with Vortex Music Magazine. Shout out to them for uh, for sharing this thing up and being supporters of the Dan Cable Presents podcast. Can't say enough good things about them. So that link will be there as well. Rob and I recorded this about a month ago or so, three, four weeks ago. So here's volume six of I Dig Records. I just want everybody to know that I dig records. I dig records, bro. I dig records, bro. I <laughs> dig records. Still digging them. Still digging them. Back at it. It's been a, it's been like a month since we've done one of these, I think. Because we, we started off really prolific, if you will. We did like the first three in like three weeks or something, you know? Yeah, the, I mean, the nice thing is that they were spread out right. as, far as far as, as the release-wise. Release. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not like people have been waiting uh, six weeks for the the new I Dig Records volume. Yeah, no, it's true. People haven't, all of the fans have not been, you know, hung on a a, a hook, if you will, you know? But uh, yeah, we're back at it with volume six of I Dig Records. Yeah. I think both of these records actually is really cool. I sort of started to realize that these records sound like really different, right? But they both, I think, are like Robert Pollard from Guided by Voices and JJKL both seem to be just like true DIY to the soul, you know? And like JJKL was doing that like before, you know, in the 70s. This is from 72. Um, yeah. So he, it's like it's cool because it's just like people that are doing things, just because that's like just what they want to do. You know what I mean? That's what they need to do, and that's sort of been a theme, I think, of the 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 artists that we've been picking and the albums that we've been picking is that like that's that's something that we've talked about a lot. Of like this is just the way it's ha- it has to be. You know what I mean? Like this person doesn't have a million dollar budget. You know what I mean? This person doesn't have any of this or that but like you know it's like they're just creating from this place of like needing to create and you can really hear that i think in the music and it's it's cool because both of these records are like lo-fi you know what i mean these are both like done in by by themselves you know like robert pollard was like guided by voices did this by themselves and jj kale did this by himself you know so it's cool yeah DIY on different levels. That's yeah, for sure. Totally, totally, totally. You know? Um well, which one do you wanna 
jump into first? Let's do the J.J. Kale. All right. The J.J. Kale record from 1972. Naturally. This is the first release from J.J. Kale. So a uh, really dope way to introduce yourself into the world with this record, J.J. Um, this guy like a big Bad influence ass, for people like people like Eric Clapton and Neil Young, who you mentioned on the last episode, kind of when we revealed our picks that you kind of felt like this had some some Neil Young vibes. Totally. So I guess that makes sense. But this <coughs> Mark Knopfler this also from Dire yeah, Straits. For sure. Um, this record's dope, though, man. I, I just like kind of learned about it last Sometime last summer, I guess, right around this time, because it was at, I was at Pickathon, mm-hmm. and I was kicking it with my buddy Sean, and we were waiting for, for Nathaniel Raylif to play this solo set, and we're just sitting in the grass, and you know they're like playing music at all the different stages as like the stage is getting set up, and uh, my buddy Sean was just like, oh man, this JJ Kale, and I was just like, JJ, what, like, mm-hmm. what's happening? And he's like. Oh, you don't know about this? Mm-hmm. Totally. Like you, you have to know about this. Totally. And uh, as soon as, yeah, like the next day, I just dove pretty heavy into uh, checking out this this Naturally record. And uh, yeah, dude, this record it has like so much feel and vibe to it. Yep. Totally. It's, um, you know, I, I didn't know about it either. And then when I started to listen to it, when Magnolia came on, I was like, I know this song. Right, right. And I knew it because Tuan, like, Tuan showed it to me at some point, you know, when we were driving to some rehearsal or something at some point, like it came on shuffle or whatever. And so I definitely knew the tune because he'd shown it to me a couple times. And then he also, in his college band, uh, they used to cover, I forget which tune, but they covered one of the tunes okay off of this record um so yeah it was it was funny because like you know i i i was sort of like jj who just like you were and then we i started listening to it and i was like tuan did you show me jj kale and he was like oh yeah like i love jj kale you know what i mean and i was like okay that that that's where this is coming from but yeah yeah man it's it's an amazing record and i i i think it's sort of um it's a shame that it's under the radar enough that you and I didn't know about it until, you know, now or last year for you. Um, cause it has all of these really cool aspects. It really reminds me of the band. That's the thing that definitely sticks out. Um, but it also has like moments of like Van Morrison. Yeah. Um, I also noted that as, yep. um, on cer- certain tracks for sure. And I love, I love the sort of like, his like understated vocal approach is like so whispery and intimate, even though like like it never changes. You know what I mean? Like right. And that's sort of a that's sort of a thing that Van Morrison will do at times. Um, but like the band doesn't do that. You know, it's like he's just sort of like whispering almost. You know. Yeah, it is like this very low key thing. But you know, I think he's it's it's uh it's really dope how he's able to convey emotion with kind of this like low-key vocal yeah totally totally you know and there's just an attitude to the delivery even though it's it is like quiet and mm-hmm. and chill like yeah, yeah there's definitely 
an attitude to it. Um, and I just, fuck, man, I just love the, like, it's so chill, but there's so much vibe to it and, like, a lot of cool textures and tones explored for, like, being 1972. Right. It, at, at times, it can kind of come across, especially on a song like Crazy Mama, which I guess was, like, covered later by, like, Leonard Skinner, and maybe even the band did a version of, of this song and some other some other artists. But, like, a song like Crazy Mama just has some really cool vocal filters used on that one. Yeah, totally. For the time, and, like, I kind of sometimes feel like it's this psychedelic singer-songwriter vibe at times. Crazy Mama Now he's got this thing, this whole record is like simultaneously like, you know, uh, like country rock crossover, like roots crunchy rock thing, like lots the band. Su- lots of southern vibes. Yeah, but it also just has this like soul thing about it, you know what I mean? And it's like this blues and soul thing that is just like really cool in the way that it is. Um, an experience from front to back, you know? It's like some of the songs, like, if the first thing that you heard is, uh, what is the tune? It's just like some rockabilly. Um, it might be Don't Go to Strangers. Even the first tune, though, Call Me the Breeze, like, I love that tune. I was driving over, uh, it's beautiful out here in the Northwest right now, and I was driving from my house to uh, Fremont over across the bridge and yeah, just had dude, this you record can't beat on. That shit right now. Yeah, I just had this record on and it was just like, cool, all right. This is, you know, it just, it, uh, it's in the same way that like this is like definitely like top 10 road trip album, you know, like this is a killer album to just drive to. Yeah, man. You know what I dig about like a Call Me in the Breeze and maybe some other, other songs on this record, but like Call Me in the Breeze kind of reminds me. Like, it definitely has these Grateful Dead vibes to me mm. that it's like, this is, these are like songs to me that the Grateful Dead would write, mm-hmm. so, like, in some form if they weren't so into the jamming aspect. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, if they had mm-hmm. a little more focus to some of their tunes. Yeah, totally. Um, it could definitely have this vibe. Totally. Um, man, yeah, it's just some of the, the way, the way the string instruments move on this thing, man, there's like a lot of impressive, like, play on, like, steel guitar and, like, totally. Dobro and sh- shit like that on this record that are used and like the mix on the record especially with the the keys yeah the keys are like one of my favorite parts of this record just because the way that they like sit in the mix right um yeah man that it's it's crazy too because i think that like so eric clapton said that the two best guitarists two best electric guitarists he ever saw uh, were Jimi Hendrix and J.J. Kale. And it's, like, yeah. crazy to, like, think about it like that. And then, I, you know, I need to get familiar with some of his later stuff, but this record, he's so understated. And that's not because he can't do it. You know what I mean? Especially if, like, somebody like Eric Clapton is saying, this dude is the best that I've ever seen. 
Um, it's all just like restraint and choice. And, um, you know, as we touched on in, in the podcast in the past, like there's like, that's so much of like the mastery, you know what I mean? Is like when somebody has the ability to do all these crazy things, but chooses not to based on, you know, the art leading them following following the song like that like that Alex G quote you know it's like I'm not gonna pre-prescribe that I need to take a crazy solo on any of these tunes you know yeah and yeah yeah there's just a lot of uh space created and it makes those moments better mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for it and uh yeah if you listen you can tell he's a bitchin guitar player without him having to do yeah, all this crazy shit. Anything totally. wild. Totally. You know? Totally. And man, yeah, I just can't like the tones on the record are so good yep. throughout the whole thing. And what's super badass too is that like so call me the breeze, that's a drum machine. Yeah, I I, I saw that, dude. And it's that's, like that's fucking wild for that time. Yeah, dude, nineteen seventy two, like this guy's making this sort of like like rockabilly sort of thing rockabilly soul southern blues thing record with drum machines you know what i mean and um yeah it's just like here's a quote uh when we did the first album most people didn't realize that was an electric drum machine or that there was even such a thing i didn't use a real drummer because i didn't because i had no money (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's just like, so I cut Crazy Mama and Call Me the Breeze and Carl Rattle came in and played bass. And then, you know, he brought in a guy on slide and this and that, but he just like didn't have enough for a drummer. And he's like, well, I just have this machine that I can just do this with. And again, that's sort of the, we'll, 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 I'm sure we'll get to something that will circle back to this when we talk about the Guided by Voices record. Because I think that that's sort of the spirit that like both of these records are coming from that place. Um, yeah, it's interesting too. Cause like in 2005, JJ Kale said that he wasn't and still isn't at that time he's died, but he, he didn't love that record. You know, he doesn't love this record, you know? Um, I mean, I think that happens with a lot of artists, especially with their first records. Totally. It feels um, a little like naive or just like adolescent in a way where you're still figuring yeah. your shit out. But at the same time, there's a lot of usually so much raw emotion in those first records, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know. And I mean, and although that was his first record, he's 33 when he puts it out. Yeah, because this so is not a, a young man. And I, I didn't know this until I was reading about it just today, actually. But he uh, he went to L.A., right? I'm sure you read this, but he went to L.A. trying to make it with a bunch of other musicians from Tulsa. Right. And uh this record, I guess, wound up keying the Tulsa sound, but that was years later because he went to L.A. and basically just didn't make it, you know? He cut a 45-inch single for After Midnight and After midnight. Not, didn't think anything of it, but then he had no money, had to go back to Tulsa and was sort of just like, I don't know, I'd imagine sort of down in the dumps, right? And uh, he finds out that Eric Clapton's debut album has a cover of After Midnight, his song, you know? And you're just like, what the fuck? All right. 
So then somebody was like, you should do, you know, you, you should do your own version of that tune. And that's the version that's on this record. And that's what, you know, prompted this record to come out. And that was, you know, years after he recorded the thing. After midnight, gonna shake your tambourine. After midnight, it's gonna be peaches and cream. We're gonna cause talk and suspicion, do an exhibition, find out what it is a whole label. After midnight, we're gonna let it all hang. So it's, it's crazy, and I love hearing stories about like you know stuff like that like just getting to it late you know that's why like Charles Bradley is like you know such an amazing story it's like obviously he was much older but like to even be 33 and like be grinding and going moving away from home to LA and then not making it and going back home like to, to then like have it eventually fall into place by something that sort of feels like I'd imagine happenstance you know it's just like Oh, that 45 that I made in LA that nobody heard, I guess Eric Clapton heard and liked it. And it's like, <laughs> right. okay, now I have a music career. And it's like, right. sort of harsh how that's just like, you know, how it goes. But like, it's cool when it, I guess, works out better late than never, you know? For sure. It's almost like, yeah, kind of similar to uh, the last episode when we talk about Willie Bobo and like his biggest claim to fame is probably that evil ways song that santana popularized you know and that's yeah that's kind of like where how he taps into the that group of musicians and kind of makes a career totally he's able to like have his his solo career because of that totally but i just also like love that era of you know the 60s through even like the mid 80s um of people just kind of going out west yep. to LA to try yep. to chase down this this dream of like the music industry or I guess like anything to do with Hollywood, but I think it's like super well documented in the uh, the Tom Petty running down a dream documentary, which is one of my favorite documentaries for sure. And I don't he think is I've just seen that. Dude, you gotta, you gotta. I, I think that you and I were gonna watch it because you've definitely told me about it. Next but time we see each other, yeah, we're we'll gonna watch, watch it. it yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're gonna do a whole, we're gonna do a bonus episode Super on down. the documentary. Oh, that'd be killer. Um, yeah, it's a good idea. But yeah, one of the things that happens in that documentary is like, you know, the band and him go out to LA and kind of have a deal and works and things kind of fall through and then. You know, he like ends up in this phone booth in L.A. and stumbles upon this list of just like every single like record con yeah, contact. Totally. And he just starts calling it and showing yeah. up to these places yeah. and just kind of like, yeah, just a very pure time where there is really there's no Internet to, yeah, totally. you know, try to make yourself known. And like just you can just call a, record what a dice roll people will pick up, you know, like. Yeah. And yeah. you just have to have like your. You're just walking around with your demo tape in yep. your pocket. Totally. You know? Totally. No, and it's, like, crazy to even think about that. And, like, you know, I mean, I'm probably, you know, I'm what, I'm 28, and I'm, like, at the very end of the people that even remember, like, a CD world. You know what I mean? Or, like, a pre-streaming world, you know? Like... Right. And it's, like, you know, yeah, it's, like, moving forward. Like, that 
that's just not happening anymore. That will never happen again. You know, like calling up places and saying, hey, like, or here, here. Oh, yeah, let me run to my car. I got a CD, you know. And it's like now, you know, labels are probably just like way over inundated with a bunch of, you know, SoundCloud links because it's so much easier to just send an email, you know. Right. Um, and that's why it's like impossible to just even get a hold of most, you know, smaller labels. <coughs> yeah, absolutely. Also, um, a correction, yeah. I said Eric Clapton said that about Jimmy and J.J. Kale. It was Neil Young that said the best okay. guitarists that he ever heard were Hendrix and J.J. Kale. I mean, I wouldn't have been surprised to know that it was it was Clapton as well, because I know he had such a... High regard, yeah. For, for Hendrix, for sure. Mm-hmm. And, and J.J., obviously. But... Um, you want to jump? Should we jump into like maybe the the most recognizable track on this record in Magnolia? Yeah, or or man, call me the breeze. Like that. Just kick it off. Just like with that. It's just like this is a song with a drum machine from 1972. You know. Cool. And then well, yeah, we'll hit him with Magnolia as well at some point maybe, but or whatever. You know. Yeah. Or whatever. That's a great tune though. They're all great tunes. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get into that that first track then cool. off the off the naturally record, which was um, looks like one of the singles on the record along with Magnolia. So this is uh, "Call Me the Breeze," first tune on the record. Crazy, like how how good the drum machine sounds for that time, because like that that must have been a sound that was corny as fuck at that point in the game. Yeah, well, I don't even know if it was like 
a thing, really. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, that's what it seems like what he was saying is that a lot of people just didn't even know that drum machines existed, you know? Um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, I didn't even notice it was a drum machine at the first couple times I listened to it, you know? I just thought it, but like now that you know, you can't sort of, you can't unhear that. But yeah, it, it blends really well. I also think that the mix on this whole record is really, really good and really interesting. It's like sort of feels unconventional at times. I don't really know how to articulate it better than that. But the mix is, I think, a really strong part of the identity of, of this record, you know? I mean, also just like, it's sort of got some loose ends in the same way that that Guided by Voices record does, where it's like, you can hear him after he sings a line, you know, like they don't cut the mic and he's just like, you know what I mean? Like you can just hear like yeah. these sort of like weird remnants that like conventional wisdom will tell you that you should take those out. And um, it's, I don't know whether it was conscious or not to leave it in. It sort of doesn't matter uh, because at this point I just, give him the benefit of the doubt that it's like or it's not even a benefit of the doubt it just like adds to this listening experience that like makes this thing feel even more intimate you know what i mean because he's not trying to like make it perfect you know like i was listening to the shaker and the tambourine and you can tell that that's just like a live take boom you know like he's not it's you know maybe not sweating over it being absolutely perfect he just seems like a pretty cool dude this like or was a pretty cool dude that seemed pretty pretty grounded and just like not trying to keep up with the bullshit like i don't know if you saw on his um wikipedia i love this paragraph uh kale moved to california in 1980 so eight years after this and became a recluse living in a trailer without a telephone his 1983 album titled number eight was poorly received and he asked to be released from his contract with polygram which was his record label when later asked how he spent the 1980s, Kale replied, mowing the lawn and listening to Van Halen and rap. <laughs> it's like this dude, this, you know, like it's it's like, you know, it's there's sort of like this sort of egolessness thing about. And obviously that's just a perception that I have from only reading a few things and listening to his music. But like. Yeah, you move you move into the desert and live in a trailer with no telephone and you ask to be released from your contract. You know, it's just like, you know, it's just probably a lot of bullshit. You might just get tired of the shit. And I respect people so much when it's it's inspiring when people are just able to sort of just pull the plug, you know, and just be like, nah, this isn't really what I'm interested in doing. He's like very much as you can tell. He's like very much his own per person, and we yeah. kind of talked about that. You 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 started talking about authenticity to you know kick off the podcast as we've touched on mm -hmm. so much, and that's obviously like clear in in this record. Um, dude, like River Runs Deep is another one of the tracks with the the drum machine, like this mm -hmm. muted drum machine, mm -hmm. and just like yeah, just the vibe he gets out of this this jam, dude. Put is, it on here. It's ridiculous. Well, the river runs deep and the water is cold as ass. River runs deep and the water is cold as ass. Go down there, river chance again. Swell my
It's crazy how much like pocket and feel he gets out of it. Out of the the drum machine, I feel. Totally. Like. Yeah. And then he's this just also has like sort of a sweet guitar licks over it. A little like James Taylor vibe too. Yeah, it's like a more groovy mm-hmm. R and B version of James Taylor. Mm-hmm. Not to take anything away from James, Sir James. You know, you don't want to take anything away from Jim. I like this. Uh, this is on this is on the iTunes rap from this record, but it says uh, more than anything else, musicians respect a stylist, and even if Kale followed a simple recipe, he did it in a way that no one else could replicate. This is the secret of the blues, and in 1971, no one possessed a deeper understanding than the 33-year-old. That's a statement. Yeah, absolutely. This is because this is such a cool take on the blues. Yeah, totally. I do think that that's the interesting thing is that like he is because it's like you know somebody's like what what genre is this? And that's sort of my favorite kind of shit it's like that's like the kia record we did and the alex g record and you know like even that cockatoo twins record and i'm forgetting oh yeah that knowledge meek mill like or the the young jesus record yeah exactly it's just like what what genre is this you know and it's like obviously there's a few like you know marking points that you're like this feels like this but when you listen to the whole record like it it doesn't contradict itself it just like expands itself you know and uh, i think that's what makes the thing so interesting it's like you're saying it's like it is a fresh take on like it's like familiar and new at the same time you know well yeah because you have like that river runs deep track that we're talking about but then also you have you have a song like nowhere to run which really kind of taps into those van morrison vibes you know, those, bang, like those banging soulful horns. Saturday Night and, yeah. Live, yeah. It's the dance hall. <laughs> yeah. It's the dance hall. Totally. And there's like, yeah, there's a couple of those tracks like that on this record and kind of have like have that trad jazz vibe to them. Like Woman I Love mm-hmm. is a is another one of those songs that, you know, just killing it totally. with the horns. And and then bringing it back. I love bringing it back. It, You know, just like it has a little sass to it, second to last tune. And it's sort of a one of the more like derivative sounding tunes because it sort of just, you know, has that sort of like, you know, swinging guitar sort of like that zz top feel you know what i mean yep i was gonna say it's got <laughs> yeah. the zz top yeah it's got fucking the vibe to it dude it's like ZZ that top it could be on a playlist with like lagrange or something you know but it's but it's still got this like lightness to it and this delicacy you know that is like makes yeah. it so interesting like it's just it's just uh it's 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 impressive Another uh, moment from that 
that iTunes write-up is uh, Kale showed that a true master need not speak in anything more than a whisper. Yep. You know, and like they were just kind of talking about that. He's releasing this record mm-hmm. side by side with things like Led Zeppelin. Yeah. You know, these things that totally. are just these banging rock and roll records. Absolutely. And, you know, having like a having an impact with it during that time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, have you seen that ZZ Top documentary that came out recently? No. It's on it's on Netflix, I believe. That that one's a sleeper, dude. I it's can't uh, lie. I'm not I'm, I'm not a I just don't even really they're not really on my radar much, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I'm not I'm not like a massive fan, but I dig a lot of their tunes and that documentary was something that kind of like opened my eyes up to yep. some uh some pieces of their story that I was not I was not hip to and uh yeah, there's there's definitely like some cool depth to that story. I always appreciate hearing a story. You know what I mean? That's like that's why that Leonard Skinner documentary is really good, even though like you know, I haven't I haven't listened to them since I watched the documentary. You know what I mean? But I really enjoyed that documentary. Yeah, this this dude yeah, I don't know. He sort of flew under the radar. I'm trying to figure out an equivalent, you know, of, of some other genre of just sort of like you know, somebody that was sort of a master, but like d- didn't, you know, I don't know, just sort of was in in the shadows a little bit. Like, yeah, I don't know. Because yeah. it's like, obviously the people that are in this world, you know, like, like know him, you know what I mean? But it's like, if you're not in this world, like you probably haven't heard of him. Right. It's like, it's like, it's like Gangstar. It's like, if you didn't listen to hip hop, like you wouldn't know that like Gangstar put out some amazing records yeah. in the 90s, you know. And it's like everybody that does listen to hip hop knows about Gangstar, but like, you know what? I, I, everybody more should know, you know. So I'll I'll kind of maybe like put him in this world of like a Dr. John, where I feel like mm-hmm. Dr. John is like mm-hmm. obviously a very popular musician, but sometimes I could feel I feel like he can fly under the radar, like he he did for me. It mm-hmm. wasn't like something I found until. Mm-hmm later on and you're just like well this dude is like all over the place as far as like things he's played on in his own records and then but it kind of lives in that kind of that similar like singer songwriter r&b kind of jumps you know in and out of a lot of different genres and can feel like pretty funky at times and yeah yeah no this is uh yeah i'm happy you brought this one to my my attention i think that other thing I love about it is 31 minutes. 12 songs, yeah. 31 yeah, minutes. Dude, this is your, like, this it's, is your it's, shit. It's the right length, you know? It's just like you're able to just get, get into it and go through all these different, you know, lanes and all these different moods and all these different takes on, you know, different things. But it's not like there's no at no point am I like this song is too long. And that's because all the songs are, like, less than three minutes, right. <laughs> you know? But, uh, yeah, 12 songs and uh, 31 minutes. Yeah, man. It's great. It's a good one. J.J. Kale passed away 2013 from a heart attack. So R.I.P. to the wonderful yep. J.J. Kale giving us all mm-hmm. kinds of good tunes here. And uh, I've only checked out, you know, songs here and there from other records. I haven't given the deep dive mm-hmm. to the rest of the catalog, but he put out quite a few solo records so there's plenty of material to pick out like uh, to go deep on if you're if you're digging these tunes for sure 
Absolutely. Should we hit him with the magnolia? Well, you wanna, yeah, you want to take him out with, with magnolia? Yeah, it's kind of, I mean. It's, it's a great tune. Yeah. I think it's the most iconic tune on the record. Yeah. Like, I think like if you don't know who we're talking timeless. about yet, you a timeless this, tune. this might trigger it for you. Yeah. Also, totally. if you heard After Midnight, which I'm sure we played underneath the conversation somewhere, like, you know that Eric Clapton song. Right. Mm-hmm. Totally. So this is Magnolia from, from Naturally. Go get it. man from jj kale to uh some guided by voices alien lanes 1995 hit me with your introduction to this record yes i was in college it was probably 2000 and that was my sophomore year of college so it was like 2012 and um my roommate was playing Alien Lanes, and 
I just was like, what is this? And our buddy Isaac had just shown it to our buddy Eli, who's my roommate. And he was like, this is just this band that Isaac showed me, uh, Guided by Voices. And I, you know, downloaded it or whatever, found it, listened to it. And it, it immediately became one of my favorite records ever. <laughs> <coughs> ever. And then I uh, started listening to more of their stuff. Like, you know, B-1000 is, you know, a lot of people say that that's sort of their their opus you know um it's an amazing record too to me it just depends on the day um and then a bunch of other stuff like propeller and isolation drills and universal truths and cycles just like going through their discography because i'm sure if you looked at their discography it's huge it's fucking enormous. well dude this is their eighth full-length release in 1995 yeah yeah robert pollard is the the genius and maniac behind guided by voices and the dude just like he uh he really reminds me a lot of Matt um, from Dogs, Watson Moon. Yeah, formerly yeah. formerly of Dogs, now of Watson Moon, um, who is just like a truly prolific songwriter. That's a bad like, dude. During quarantine, Matt Matt has a band camp up of just tunes that he's writing. It's not just like acoustic guitar. It's just like it's like Thought tunes, out. you know, with like yeah, bass lines and harmonies and drums and shit. And he's got like sixty something songs just from quarantine, and it's like. That must have been how Robert Pollard was because they just put out a record a year, you know, at least a record a year. Um, and they're still putting out records, you know, which is fucking crazy. Yeah. And um, this was their first release so yeah. on Matador Records. And it's yes, funny. It's funny because Matador, are you familiar with Matador? Uh, I mean, like, yeah, I know the name. I, I couldn't like tell you bands off the off the top of my head. Yeah. Matador is a really cool label that started in, in 1989 that did a bunch of, and still is doing a bunch of, like, cool shit, but, um, like, current stuff that they have, they have Curvile, Pavement, uh, Car Seat Headrest, um, Yola Tango, Thurston Moore from Sonic Youth, Snail Mail, So, Spoon, like, a really dope indie stuff. rock label, pretty much. Yeah, it's just sort of a who's, who's who. You know, Modest Mouse used to be with them. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a really cool thing. It's just like this, you know, in that family Yeah. for this to, this record to come out with them is rad. Yeah. They kind of like, I don't know. They, they hit me in a similar way that like a flaming lips or a pavement or a pixies mm -hmm. kind of like live mm -hmm. in that world. I'll have to mm -hmm. say that guided by voices is, uh, I don't really know too much of the guided by voices catalog. It, um, it's definitely a band that's been brought up over the last like four years of doing the music right. podcast and like maybe brought up right. it at times as like an influence and uh right. yeah i've just never really done any sort of deep dive so this was uh my opportunity to kind of get get acquainted and like alien lanes uh particularly i've uh, heard mentioned many times so it was nice to uh finally like get a grip on this thing and like see see what was good with it and this is the thing I always tell people, you know, like when I, it's like, I, I really, I feel like this record is like, if you're in the place for it, it's just like absolutely undeniable, you know? <laughs> yeah. But like, it's, I also understand when people aren't in the place for it because it's really fucking raw. 
Like, this shit's done on a four track. Like, I forget whether it was this record or B Thousand that they just literally spent their like thousands and thousands of dollars advance from the record label that they were supposed to spend on recording it. They just spent it on beer and just drank themselves and just recorded on the four track in their basement. So I, you know? I read that it was this record and they said it was this they're record. quoted okay. as saying that they got a hundred thousand dollar budget to make this record yeah. and uh outside of beer expenses it probably cost about ten dollars to make <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly exactly and yeah it's pretty representative of like what you get out of this record um sonically it's uh very like yeah, very all over the show. place yeah like songs will just end you know, like the the low end will yeah, just dude. cut out. You know, it's just a fucking mess. <laughs> it, it but it's but it has mess. this spirit that is like so so um, clear. You know what I mean? It's like it's all over the place. But to me, it's like oh, like and all these tunes also are just so hooky. Like I hear so many of these tunes that just sound like 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 as we go up, we go down. Like love that song. Could just be a a Beatles song. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like before we even get into that. Um, I, yeah, yeah. I want to send the listeners, listeners into They're Not Witches because I think this is one of the best or better transitions on the record from They're Not Witches to As We Go Up, We Go Down. Yeah. Um, and they're such yeah. short songs, so let's just jump into yeah, let's that. Let's just jump in, yeah. Dream kid, the size does not matter. Bad luck, anyway you call it. Red ants and mercy giants. love as we go up we go down yeah it's just a Beatles song dude and as they're not witches is beautiful too I love all the lyrics oh man it's just like oh. 
I love that. Yeah, leave my fucking life alone part, dude. Is yeah, 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 yeah. So, fuck, man. I got a lot to say about this record. Yeah, please. Okay, please. <laughs> I this is w- if if okay. I want you to love this record. I'm worried that <laughs> you. I'm worried that you're like that. Your take is going to be that there's some great moments, but that as a whole, it's like, you know, doesn't do it for you like that. All right. So. Yes, kind of. Yeah. Yes, kind of. I don't know if this one like has hit me in a way where I want to put it in my my vinyl record collection yet. Okay. Right. 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 The way that I feel is, I think. Yeah, dude. There's some really great songs on here. Uh, the one we just played is is definitely um, one of those songs. And there's plenty yep. other tunes that I love so much, like Game of Pricks. Game of Pricks. Um, that's such a rad song. Um, the closer you are, love that tune. I, the closer you are, the faster it hits you. Yeah. So, like, first off, I feel like this record is interesting because it just kind of feels like a compilation of songs to me and if you told me that this record was just like titled lost tapes from guided by voices you know demos and other things i'd be like yep Uh that's what it is yeah that makes sense i hear that um i don't know man i feel like that some shit just like feels really incomplete to me oh, in, yeah, in kind of a way that like because i've grown to really like these shorter singer songwriter songs too i think that that's something right. that some people have gotten like better at um because rap music and hip-hop is so good at that about making like mm-hmm. a short one to two minute song or leaving like yeah. maybe even under a minute and I yeah, think a band that's totally. like done it really well recently in more of like the indie folk world kind of place would be like a band like Pine Grove um, has mm-hmm. a lot of these shorter songs where it's just like, yeah, this is really just like all I had to say, but I really like this melody and I really like these words. Right. I and put I don't together. need to go back to the fucking chorus because I'm supposed yeah, to. Yeah, for it's sure. Like, oh, the song's just over. So I I love that and I get that, but sometimes like on these ones, I kind of felt like. Um, that they were like very like I didn't feel like they were raw I felt like they were more like incomplete unfinished you know yeah. they're just like sketches in a yeah. way yeah and I yeah. like yeah so there were like some moments where where it was a little hard for me to like get around that and I was kind of like maybe just being a little critical of it and kind of felt like right yo to me I want to like make a playlist of this record <laughs> and yeah, cut it down to like, you like probably 10 to 13 tracks yeah, totally. And um no, that makes sense. I mean, it's totally like like uh there's just it's it's just sort of like this thing is just sort of this like through experience, I think. And it's like, yeah, big chief Chinese restaurant, cigarette tricks. Dude, that, like a lot of these tunes are just sort of like there. Big but big like chief Chinese restaurant makes me laugh so much, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Um, or like, like hit, you know, twenty three second song, um, Golden Hick or Gold Hick, thirty thirty seconds. Like Gold Hick is the perfect example of. Why don't we play this for them? Uh, just so it's like the listeners can see the, just sort yeah. of the shit show of of this, you know, like the hits aren't together, like the way that the tune ends is yeah. just like completely random. 
To me, that doesn't bother me, especially knowing that, like, I mean, I, I think that this is just sort of, like, what what they were going to do. Because this, I feel like this is just sort of who Robert Pollard is. You know what I mean? You get a $100,000 fucking advance, and you spend it on beer, and then you write, like, 30-second songs that sort of sound like trash. Right. But they're really fucking good. You know what I mean? And, like, when I when I listen to the whole record you know, just front to back, like on a drive. I know that if I don't like something, you know, it's going to be over soon. Yeah. And it's like, and that also allows me to like tap into maybe like, you know, if like a guitar, you know, progression, I don't love or whatever. Like I might just like listen to the lyrics in a way that like, I'll just skip that song if it's like a three minute song. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think it's like interesting from that sort of listening standpoint where this thing is just like this mm-hmm. collage Exactly, and that's sort of how I, I listen to this like I would listen to like a knowledge tape, you know what I mean, or like Mad Lib, you know, but it's like indie rock. Yeah, and it can be fun to like, I could see how it could be fun for like a road trip to like just this interesting jams going on, and like I said, dude, like I don't, I don't, definitely don't hate this record or anything, I just like, some of the, some of the moments become like a little too raw for me. Or, like, where I don't, like, totally. have so much appreciation for them. But then there's, like, other songs. Like, A Good Flying Bird is one of my favorite tracks mm-hmm. on the record, okay? Mm-hmm. But that's mm-hmm. another song where I'm, like... And and it's also because I'm someone that, like, really, like, can appreciate some pop sensibilities. And definitely, like, dig totally. the pop sensibilities out of that song. And I think that that hook is so massive on that song. Oh, yeah. Dude, if that was, like... Yeah! Dude, if that was, like, a full band fucking, like, punk rock song, like, that's an amazing... Like, that that kind of, like, would bridge the gap a little bit and probably, like, make it, like, an amazing song to me. To me, I love that it's just a guitar. Yeah, I love that it's just like stripped down. Cause to me, if you got the bass playing, like, you know, it's like I'm just like I've heard this. For you know sure. what I mean? For sure. I but, I understand that that aspect of it too. Um, there's just some things that yeah. But I understand what you're saying. I totally and I think that they might have achieved a different sort of fame and maybe a more financial successful fame if they had done things like that. Yeah. But but like that's that's sort of the like this whole album has this sort of aesthetic um 
and like yeah a good flying bird amazing tune and it it it's sort of stupid it. that he didn't oh yeah of course i still love it of it's course. just like if i ever start a pop punk band that's gonna be a song that we cover because that song's yeah. fucking amazing <laughs> dude it's so it's yeah, so good totally. and i just want to hear a full band version of it where it's not what so other tunes, what other tunes what other tunes did you like? Um, what else do I like? I love Motor Away. I think yeah. that that's such Fucking, a cool song. That shit's iconic, dude. Motor Away just to me feels so triumphant. I don't know if I like the Ugly Vision, but that's just like the acid come down song. Yep, yep, totally. Yeah, exactly. One of the songs I really do love is My Valuable Hunting Knife. Yep, and totally. that's a song to me. That's another one of those songs where like, yeah, maybe I would like to hear a bigger version of it, but I really like the lo-fi, like what the lo-fi adds to that one because it kind of has like a lo-fi Cars vibe to, to it. That's a great song. So, yeah, again, I like there's there's a lot of songs that I like on here and it's just uh I'm not sure that for me it's like there's a, a complete record yet. There's a lot of fat to trim. And and I think that I would recommend that you also listen to B1000 um cuz that's sort of like the cousin to this record, you know? And that's the one that a lot of people like I said like even hold in higher esteem. Um, I came to this one first, so this one has a different place in my heart. But uh, if you keep expanding and just listen, like, you know, like, I don't know. I'm, I think I'm it just, like, like, reinforces itself. I'm not out on Guided by Voices by any means. Like, I would oh, no. easily put, I don't like, you songs are. on I don't here, think you are. like, on a playlist yeah. that I like. Or even put this album on just to, like, mm -hmm. play some of these songs. And totally. I also can pretty much guarantee about a, like a 90% guarantee if I ever had the opportunity to see Guided by Voices I would like this yeah. record even more to like kind of oh, understand yeah. how some of it's played live and I think totally. that's like where I am with like a lot of those bands sometimes in, that kind of like live in that world like I remember like I liked Flaming Lips and then I saw them live and I was just like whoa dude like now all these songs on these records right. make even more sense to me after getting to see right, it played right, live right. or like yeah I don't know that was what Yola Tango was like for me when I saw them. I was like, "Oh wow, okay, this is this this now sits differently." There's just too many fucking bands too, dude. Like, there's so many of those bands from that era. Like, Yola Tango is still like a band I've never really did like dove into the catalog, and not because I don't Word. like them, just because like I just 
haven't dug out the time. We're gonna do. So. We're gonna do. I can hear the heart beating as one. Hell yeah. Oh man. Uh, pavement too. I don't know Love how much pavement, pavement you've Love ever pavement. listened to. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I like. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is a thing though. I. I. I know what you mean. That. Yeah. It's like. And how do I articulate and it? It's not even like it's not even those particular bands either. There's been plenty of other bands like that for me as well. Or even bands that I like when sometimes when their records will come out, I'll be like, Yeah, this is a fine record and then I see it live and I'm like, Whoa, this song's live, like really hit and because of that mm-hmm. it makes me listen to the record differently now. Totally. So. One thing I was remember when we were doing the Cocktoo Twins record, I said that there had a, like a real nostalgic feeling for me. Yeah. Um, of like a time and a place that I've never really experienced, but that like the music really evoked it. That's so true also with this Gatted by Voices record. To me, it just feels so nostalgic. Um, I, I totally I don't see know that. why. I totally see that. It's just that I think it's like a tonal thing for sure. Yeah. And I think there's also like sort of like a, there's like a, a triumphant's not the right word, but there's sort of like a, like a, like a distant, like longing that i hear in a lot of the music too like let's let's jump to if we can jump to back-to-back songs real quick yeah king and caroline and then striped white jets um it's like four minutes maybe less but total um yeah king and caroline this has that like sort of nostalgic longing thing that to me like it it's like yeah it's really hard to articulate you know I understand but it's the that. same thing that that cockatoo twins record king and caroline is great let's let's throw that on and then let's go straight into striped white jets because that's a good transition you got too. it you got it instead of striped white jets sorry let's jump to blimps go 90 okay <laughs> I'm 
they do these lyrics and like they don't sound corny you know what i mean it's just like freeing though. well yeah you know what I, I, think, mean? I think like that's one thing it's such that, a thin line yeah a lot of there there's some cool thought in the lyrics that i do appreciate totally and i and totally because the songs are so short there's not there's not that much quantity f- which yeah. is great i think a lot of that wisdom can fly by listeners you know what i mean like this is a really, really hard record to put on and sort of passively listen to. Yeah, dude, if you if you just put on, if you turn this record on and you started with Always Crush Me, that's probably yeah. like not a good way to like maintain the DJ rights. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it's just like, if, if I want to show people this record even, you know, like, you know, I like, I can't show it to them like on my iPhone, you know, like, I gotta like at least put it on like some speakers you know it's like it's just like and and you know make sure that it's like hey just you know just try to dive in you know just like watch watch when the track list moves like watch when the songs end and begin just to try to like get some sort of grounding because otherwise this shit's just like so fucking uh all over the place it's 28 you know what movements I mean? in 41 minutes dude it's yes that's, exactly that's a fucking grip exactly exactly so it's like yeah but once i do think once uh yeah if you not you but just general you like for me at least when i listened to this it grabbed me pretty immediately and then i kept listening back and i just started to appreciate those songs in between a little bit more because like like you're saying like yeah you you hear this and there's automatically like 10 songs that you're like holy shit you know and then there's like probably 10 songs that you're like and then there's like eight songs that you're just like nah fuck that (laughs) and it's like those 10 songs that you're like in between on not you again those 10 songs that i was in between on um i started to appreciate as i kept listening more and more because of those things like we're talking about like robert pollard is an amazing lyricist and like has this sort of in between thing sort of like alex g in a way that He's got sort of like some tongue-in-cheek stuff going on and just sort of like, you know, sort of like nonsensical at times um, or you don't really know what it is. But then also like out of nowhere, he'll just like drop these like wisdom bombs, you know, yeah. and you're just like, whoa, like, holy shit. Like, yeah. And and, and that's, a, that's a really cool part about, about these tunes because it'll fly by. For sure. Like on, uh, man, Game of Pricks. 
and I'll never mm-hmm. ask for the truth, but you owe, you owe that to me. Like just yeah. those little lines, man. This tune, man. Ooh. Yeah, we'll end with this one. Um, with Game of Pricks? Also, I'd yeah, love to play it but out also, with Game of Pricks. We'll, we'll do that. And then Salty Salute, though. Do you like this tune? Oh, I love Salty the Salute. The beginning of the record, man, with just that like bass note rolling. Yeah, I like this song so much. That's why I was kind of like thrown off by some of the other stuff. Like not, I don't even oh, know yeah. if thrown off is the right word, but just kind of like, yeah, you if I could just, know. if I could just have a little bit more of this. But again, mm-hmm. I respect the freedom of, you know, like I want the artist to do what they want to do. And this, if this is what you want to do with $100,000, then fucking yeah. do the thing. <laughs> I also understand why people would be like a little bit irritated with you and kind of like to take like maybe a, another position to just be like, Yo, dude, like maybe you kind of disrespected that money you were given to make this record, but then, yeah, and, but, but in, the, in this sense, like selling. We're still talking Alien about Lanes it, you know? is is uh, one of the you know most well known guided by voices records. So and iconic and influential, right? Man. Yeah, and it's like definitely sold really well. Like, and that's the thing. Like, there sort of is like a uh, hmm. I don't I like I don't think that I don't know. It's like how can I say that there that there's like a self-sabotagingness to to them, but like you know, it's like I don't know, like when I was in Dogs, it was like that band, we were just sort of just, it was just sort of like had like this shithead. We were just all shitheads. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it was like, you know, we're not like like yeah, just you know, I don't know. There there's this thing that's like and it's also sort of beautiful, you know what I yeah. mean? Is like that you're not necessarily like the, s- like it. Like I said, it would be really smart and savvy if Robert Pollard had made a good flying bird, a full band, three minute song. But it's in my feeling so much better because it's not. You know what I mean? It's just true to the spirit, you know. And that's like, and that's like the thing that moves moves me. Yeah, and I think like that leaves interpretations up for other people to to do those if if they want to, you know. Totally. And I think totally. like what you're talking about is like something I picked up was uh, a similar mentality of of Joey Santiago from the Pixies. I was listening to a, a podcast with him recently, and and kind of like talking about the same thing, dude. Just kind of being like shitheads, and you know, mm-hmm. and just kind of like not yeah, it's not the self sabotage thing, but it's like. Yeah, we can yeah. we can put some pretty melodies out, but see what happens when we fucking, you know, put some, well, it's some just feeling like, all over them. Yeah, I think that I think that like I just have this idea in my head that like it just wouldn't it wouldn't be as much fun for Robert Pollard and for the band if they weren't doing it this way. Absolutely, you know what I mean. And it's like that's what matters. It's like I can hear them having fun and like there's like some like real truth in this like energy that like is it really is sort of an all or nothing thing you know what i mean like you can't like 
you either it either is there and then you gotta like honor that and like live it all the way through or else it's like not you, you know it's like and uh this record is a full commitment to that even if there are some like hurdles to get through otherwise you know what i mean because like you can't have it without the rest of it you gotta have the whole thing understood like, that's, i think what it is yeah i mean and you've got to Sometimes the beautiful moments on the record are only the payoff only happens because you have to like get through sometimes these uncomfortable moments. Like I think Watch Me right. Watch Me Jumpstart, the second song on the record is, is such a great song. Um the verses yeah. are so like heavy and fucking like hard to get totally. a grasp on, but then the, the chorus then the chorus kicks in, you know, and you get some of those Beatles effects again. Absolutely, all those backups and yeah, I, I would really, you know, it won't be for an I Dig Records, but definitely take a listen to B Thousand, you know, uh, at, at at your at the moment you can. We'll do, we'll do. And uh, it's amazing, you know. Um, and I think that between those two, you know, actually, ooh, okay, you gotta listen to B Thousand, and then after you listen to B Thousand, you should listen to Isolation Drills. Because that came out, I don't know, around 2000, give or take some some years. Um, and that's like a lot more hi-fi. It's not lo-fi anymore. And it, it's it's still got his just like power pop guitar fucking rock. Yeah. You know, just like, it, I think that Isolation Drills might wind up being your favorite Guided by Voices records. But you got to listen to B-1000 first because B-1000 and Alien Lanes are both capturing this thing that we're talking about just like yeah exquisitely um and i don't know man maybe over time some of the other songs grow on me in a way where i'm like yeah i do need this in my vinyl collection i wouldn't be surprised if i you know picked it up just for i got it just for the the sake of you know keeping our uh our i dig records collection in in uh in, in the, the catalog i have almost yeah, everything man. i think i have that's i think i have dope. everything that's available at this point that's amazing. Because I did get that Jeff Parker. Yes. So fat. God. So fat. Yes. Um, yeah, man. I've been I've been on a little hiatus from buying records because I'm trying to save that unemployment. And I keep yeah, I symbols. feel you. I feel you. Yeah. I'm just trying to get you know get some birthday experience, some birthday shopping experiences in, and I'm, I've gotten those yeah, in. Yeah. Happy um, Happy early birthday to the you, boy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank um, you. This will be out after that, so you'll be like, how old? Like. I'll be 35. 38? 38? Jesus Christ, man. What are we trying to do to me? 44. <laughs> I was trying to make me all old as fuck. That's <laughs> not, nah, man. 35. I already got like seven years on you or something. Six years. Right? 35. Six yeah, because you're 85. I'm 92. Yeah. Anyway, mm. I'm stoked that you, uh, like, this gave it gives me, like, a better understanding, though, like, nonetheless, on, like, what this band oh, yeah. is. And I don't necessarily, like, take away from this record that this band are those moments that I don't like. Like I take away right. the moments that I do really like and really understand like why people love this dude's songwriting and right. just, just right. his spirit. Like you were saying, you know, there's a lot of spirit in both of these records for sure. And that's what I'm like personally always trying to 
capture like in, in my projects, you know what I mean? It's like High Pulp sounded nothing like this or Suba sounded nothing like this, but like that sort of spirit of like, like it's, 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 it's a genre-less approach, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's what like, it's like, this isn't punk rock, you know what I mean? But like, but it this is in spirit. this punk, yes, exactly. And it's like jazz is punk rock in spirit. You know, when you listen to like early, like some, like Miles' second quintet, you know? Yeah, um, yeah so it's like, that's that thing. I, I want to figure out how to articulate it. Cause I don't like, yeah, saying, yeah, I don't know. It's all punk rock, but it's also none of it's punk rock. You know? Sure, man, absolutely. Welcome. Well, right, before so we, we play it here? out, let's uh, let's give let's give the fine folks what we are uh, going to be talking about on Volume Seven of I Dig Records, in case they want right. to uh, like do their their own research research before the podcast. You know, their own research. Maybe also, you know, hit us with an email if there's particular records that you want to you want to talk about, or if you're a local artist mm-hmm. and you want to fucking maybe like get your record in get your record for uh, for we might rip into it though. Tell we might what. rip into it, just start doing yeah. bonus episodes where we torch records. That would be like <laughs> I dig records torched editions and just Yeah, that'd be cool. Ooh, man. That'd be that'd be fun. Any press is any press is good press, man. That'd be kind of fun. Um I'd I'd rather like keep the spirit. Yeah, we just pick records for, like, that we nice, fucking you know? hate. I like to yeah, I like to keep the spirit fresh. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's good. It's I'd, better. I'd like we to do some like records for, for irony energy. purposes is is a little bit different. Yeah. But um Yeah. All right, so so what, what, what? I don't even remember what I pitched. Okay, I could tell you because I sent you that Total picture list, yeah. earlier. So you sent me this Justin Brown. Um, Newsy. Newsy. I don't know how to say it. Yeah, Justin uh, Brown. Justin Newsy Brown, record. the drummer for Thundercat. Yeah. And Some then really crazy modern jazz shit. You sent me um, Psychic Electron. Mirrors, Natural Natural uh, Nature of Evil. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Which I checked that out. That was very cool. Um, and I also checked out the Justin Brown record as well, but, but you're uh, going with the third record. I'm going with the internet ego death. Oh yeah. Um, because oh, yeah. I know the internet, but I've never listened to this record in full. And I know like a lot of the people that are featured on this record. So I know yeah. that like, um, like You'll I almost this bought this record the other day at the record store just, just because I know that I like yeah. songs on, you're going to want it, but this is yeah. like my opportunity to kind of, uh, dive deep on it. So I'm stoked. This record's awesome, man. I'm stoked man. to get into um, it. It's uh, Sid the Kid. Lots of fun shit on it. Vic Mensa. Just yep. like and so many um, Katrinatas on this record. It's just Odd Future, you know? Like It's the gang. Uh, it's the gang. Uh, Steve Lacey, you know? That'll be yep, fun because we're going to just like talk about a bunch of different artists. Yeah, Like that's totally. what that... And we'll just get to talk about Odd Future. Yeah, like we could I'm probably a, just do shit. the entire episode on that <laughs> on that and it would like go off into like so many different segments but there are totally. some because uh, fuck man i would love to do k tronata's 99 record that that is so yeah, good, that's a good record. man front to back so much good stuff um but that tune yeah. bus bus stop with kareem riggins on the drums that's an awesome tune on do you record. remember what i hit you with or would you like me to uh i know what i'm picking okay well i hit you with the milo record his newest budding uh ornithologist record and then the talib quali reflection intern- internal purposely because i know that you don't like really fuck with talib's delivery so much um I don't, but i'm just I think a hater i think he's like a really dope dude and mc especially uh he's just got a few records that i really love but today i hit you in place of my operation ivy pick which maybe we'll just do one day 
uh, because that's such a fucking good record and so influential on my life. But there's so many fucking good records. It's crazy. uh, I also picked uh, the death record for the whole world to see. A band band called Death. Death. So what did you pick? I am going to go with Budding Ornithologist. Oh, we're going with the Milo record. Yes. All right, cool. I'll save the death record for when you madden me sometime. If you don't yeah, know that record, I wanna, no, I, no, if you don't I know almost, the death I record, wanted to do it. I wanted if to you do don't it. know that record, I encourage you to to check that out, especially like right now for this time. This is like one of the first black punk bands in this country, and they fucking rip, dude, and they're so cool. My reasoning was that I know I'm gonna listen to that death record at some point, and I don't. I think I would just totally lose this Milo. Like you know, I don't think I'd. This isn't going to come back around because I've been meaning to list classic. I've been meaning to listen to that record by death yeah. for a long time. Um, so I know I eventually will unless I die. Okay. But Well, you might listen to it Milo sometime record. on this podcast, but we're going to get into the Milo record. The Milo record, yeah. I think I wouldn't a listen really, to it. Uh, really crafty lyricist and, and uh, creative mind for sure. And, uh, yeah. stoked. and he changed his name, right? Did he? Like. Did I miss yeah, it? Yeah, he used to be. He used no. He used to be. Uh, I don't remember. He used to have a different name. I think. He used to be Who what? Fuck knows. I definitely don't. Uh, I think he used to have a different name. Let's see, Milo rapper. My computer's fucking up. I'm checking it. I'm checking it right now. All right, all right. Seeing what, seeing what you're. You got it. You are cl- correct. Um, better known by stage name, rap. Ferrera, or there it is. Um, Scallops Hotel, even wow. Um, Scallops, but he goes by Milo. He has been for like probably the last five or six years. And where's he from? Um, he's originally from Chicago, but he spent time in like in Milwaukee, uh, Midwest dude huh. though. And first, and I'm almost positive he's actually on the East Coast now, based. But. Uh, yeah, I'm stoked to dive into that because I think that's another rapper that's like pretty under the radar. And as far as lyricist, yeah. dude, this guy is uh, pretty next level. So um, that's cool that we're gonna we're gonna do that that Milo record next time. Totally. And totally. Uh, what else, man? Is that it? I think that's it. It's just yeah, it's beautiful out here. Yeah, it's, and, it's summertime uh, in the fucking Pacific good time Northwest. To to music. Yeah, it's finally here, dude. This is the first like back-to-back days that we've had above 80 like heat it's like 95 here right now really yeah it's always yeah it's always like 10 degrees hotter down there that sucks it's all good Fuck that. It's, hey man every once in a while you got to take advantage of sweating it out man when it's yeah you know my big forehead just keeps getting I've, burned i've changed i've changed since moving up here you know my southern california blood is is evolved Soft. You've gone soft. Yeah, I have gone soft a little bit, but I do love just, uh, I just love sweating it out, man. Every once in a while, that's too. nice. It's nice I to just uh, just feel the that's heat and not, not to, like, embrace it a little bit. I think ever, like yep. it's easy to just be like, oh, it's hot. I don't want to do right. it. No, it's the same thing with the fucking rain, and it's just everything. Also, you it's can like have a complaint. You can either yeah, complain or you cannot complain. You also just have, like, some fucking psychedelic experience from the sun. Just yeah. like dra- completely draining you, you know, and making just, you feel. If I just stare like, at the sun, will I have a psychedelic experience? Maybe either that, or you're, you're gonna saying? go blind. So one of the two, it's gonna be different. Either way, after <laughs> you're gonna be a lot <laughs> different. <laughs> All right. 
So this is you saying it's a good idea. Uh, I wouldn't say that. I, I don't really want to be on the record like that for your like your mom to like play that back to me and be like, you told <laughs> Rob it was a good idea to like just look into the sun yeah, and that that like, wouldn't be well, damaging to him. Look at him. He Dan said it was going to be a psychedelic experience. <laughs> I love a, a good Couldn't psychedelic experience. Couldn't you have just experience. done some psychedelics instead? Yeah, right? Yeah. Wear a fucking mask. Hey, wear a mask. Don't be a, Don't be a racist. Um, yeah. And um, fucking just, you know, fuck. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Something. Figure something out. Dive into some records, though. Yeah. Too. Listen to some records. And, uh, you know. Drink lots of water. Get some sleep. Yeah, I guess read a book before you go to bed. Don't don't scroll on your phone. Whoa. Just like open up a thing, a b- book or a a fucking comic, whatever. Eyes off the screens, people. Wow. I'm going to go stare at a screen for some hours actually. Though. Eyes off the screens, eyes on the records. A- NBA's coming back. Can't wait for that. NHL's coming back. Can't wait for that. When's that? Uh next Saturday. Well, baseball's this Thursday. Not really interested in it though. Um, yeah, so all all the things are are uh, happening out there, and um, add me on Steam if you want to play video games with me. Yeah, add me on the the, the PlayStation Network if you want to get served in some NHL or you want to destroy me in NBA 2K because I'm fucking terrible at that game, but I'm I'm down to play. This part of the podcast is good because it's like the back of like the newspaper that like it's like the not classified, the back page, but it's like the second. To, yeah, it's like the inside back page yeah. that nobody reads. And they just throw all the shit. Right. This is where you just get to say, just you know. I'll put all the this links. Is where you get to broadcast. Yeah, I'll put all the links in the episode notes so people can uh, keep up with uh, with what's happening here and. Uh, yep. And happy, happy digging. You know, it's getting hot out there. You gotta, you gotta make sure your records are in a good space and not getting warped. Tell you what? Did you say you dig digging? Uh, you, I don't know. You dig digging. I said happy digging. I said happy digging to the listeners. You know, like Merry like Christmas. Like happy digging to the yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. Hope hopefully you're you're getting some uh, some things. Adding some things. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. <laughs> oh man, happy digging. Happy digging, happy digging folks. But All also right, put um, your records somewhere where they're not getting. Warped right Get them out of the direct sun. You know, you Get don't. You don't want to be in the direct sun with the records right and now. And you don't want to be in the direct corona. So get 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 the fuck outside and stay. Don't go into places. <laughs> cool. This is the part where this is the part of the podcast. The also, bars. where we proselytize, proselytize <laughs> um, to you, and that we might edit out. Yeah, and we will most likely edit out <laughs> uh, unless we leave it in. I swear to God. All right. Um, you dig records? I dig records, dude. Amongst all things, right now, I I I know that that's a constant. You know, that's a truth. This one is that this I one dig thing records. That keeps giving. Yeah, it's the only thing that keeps giving. That's the beauty yeah. of music, man. It's always there. Yeah. It never leaves. Yeah. It's just sort of daunting because there's so many good albums. It's sort of like, what's the point of making another one? But, you know, or yeah. trying to make one. You know. And it's also crazy because the record cha- records change as you change. Or your perception Whoa. of them, you know, changes, and uh, they they offer yeah. you some different things at different times. So, no, that's true. That's true. That's true. There might be a point in my life where I only only want to listen to like, you know, Frank Sinatra. Everything else is meaningless. Yeah. Just because I've grown old, right. like Grandpa. Or maybe your growing old music will be this fucking Alien Lanes 
record and people and your your fucking your grandchildren will, be. will just be like, what the fuck are we listening to? Yeah, this like, guy's hey, an kid, idiot. You ever, you ever stared into the sun before, kids? <laughs> you ever stared into the sun? I got a big Robert Pollard tattoo on my forehead. Yeah, but give yourself right. some well, time to uh, listen to a record front to back. You know, every once in a while, I'll do listen, that for yourself. Yeah. Put the headphones on, listen to it like it's a movie. You know, just like musicians spend a lot of time making these records to then be put on in the background, which is cool. But there also might be something deeper to grab if you uh, if you give it your full attention. Absolutely, your mindfulness. You know. Huh. All right, cool. All right, cause that's enough preaching. I tell you, that's a. Uh, that's my sermon. I love you, man. Love you, cuz. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna play this one out with Game of Pricks from yes. from uh, Guided by Voices, the Alien Lanes record. And uh, we'll be back at you soon with with Volume Seven of I Dig Records. Hey, if you like this thing, if you're enjoying what you're hearing, maybe uh, share it. Share it up. Let people know. You know. Yeah. Let that's true. People know. Be safe. Be well. Later, friends.